Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to a special 2018 wrap-up edition of The Weekend Show. My name is Ken, and you'll be reassured to know that I am joined, as always, by my retrospective co-host, Garrett. Hey, Garrett. Gar is full of food from Christmas, <laughs> and trying to focus on not puking his ring up. Because we, we ate the Christmas dinner, which is a big dinner. Yes. And then today we went for lunch. It was a very big lunch, Ken. Lunch was a mistake. I feel like I haven't pooped in days. Like, all the food is just still there. That's really gross, I know. But... Yeah, it's just it's just piled on your belly, and there's so much food and junk and food and junk and more food and food from three days ago. You keep piling food on top of it, and it's just... Something's gotta give, Ken. And I'm just gonna vom right here on the final weekend show of 2018. I'm gonna vom in the podcast. Vom. Could come out both ends. Like a first time. <laughs> just start leaking How's out How's that my... for a nice visual for him? Start leaking out my belly button, too. And just yeah. see, like, beef. Beef just coming out of all the orifices. And chocolate from days ago. Yeah, and jelly babies and all the stupid things that are nice that you eat at Christmas. Ah! I think I need to fast for like a week. I think I need to fast for like six years. I just need to stop eating. Coming up, we look back on the biggest news stories of the year from around the world. Whoa! The whole globe is in the circular thing in yeah. space? Everything that's around us at this moment. I think I'm delirious time. from eating too much. It's okay, Gar. I'll pull you through. Cool. We're going to, you know, try and predict how things might play out in the year to come. Because some of this stuff is still It'll burn in to the ground. That's what's going to happen, Ken. This is it. 2019 is the end. The this, end game. That's the, the very good, Ken. That's the Avengers film. It is. That's the reason I've ate so much. Because it's, it's apocalypse. So you have to hibernate. I'm a bear. Rawr. Rawr. <laughs> Bears. That was a gay bear, actually. I just did. All right. I have range. Why are you judging the bear? What's its, what's its sexuality got to do with anything, Ken? I don't know. It just, I just did a gay bear. I thought I'd qualify that. All right. Also, Gar, it wouldn't be a, an episode of The Weekend Show without... Sorry. <laughs> Stop humming We Bear Bears. Focus, Gar. Okay. Focus. Are you okay? No. <laughs> I'm going to continue anyway. As I was saying, it wouldn't be an episode of The Weekend Show without some pop culture prattle. So with that in mind, we chat about our favorite things produced this year. I feel sorry for you because, like, you know, reading the script is usually hard enough. Yeah. But now it's printed in tiny text. Yeah. So it's like, what does this... First of all, what does this even say? And now I have to say it with my mouth. And you're being very distracting with your feeling sorry for yourself. <laughs> sorry. It's so... It's Christmas. It's Christmas time. <laughs> There's no need to be afraid. <laughs> I think there is a need to be afraid. You might shit vomit. <laughs> oh, that's plenty to be afraid of. What are you talking about? Finally, Bob Geldof. Allow me to read the script, please. Okay. We haven't got all day. Finally, if we have time before all, if we have time for, okay. This is what you get for putting unpronounceable words in the script. Fine. Finally, if we have time before our old Lang Syne, in our feature segment, we reflect on our own personal years and chat about our successes and challenges before looking forward to discuss our goals and hopes for 2018. My goal is not to vomit. Spoilers. Yeah, that's just. I haven't thrown up since 2004, I think. I think the last Three, time 2003. I, I properly threw up was in, like, 1999 when I gawked in my spaghetti. Dad got mad at me because he thought I did it on purpose. It's not a bad run. 
He's like, you did it on purpose. You just did. You just didn't want to eat your dinner. It's like, no, I'm sick. Stop bullying me. Although, in fairness, I had a track record of doing it on purpose. <laughs> what a jerk! At least twice, there were things I didn't want to eat, and I just got on purpose. <laughs> Stick the th- freaking freaking fingers down your throat. I, I didn't even need to do that. I just kind of just willed it to happen. It was kind of weird. A lot to dissect, Garrett, but before we scrub up and begin our 2018 post-mortem, how was your Christmas besides all the food? We'll have to scrub up the floor of this room in a minute. Garrett, you need to get off this this whole topic. (laughs) Okay. It was a nice Christmas. We spent it with the family as usual, the extended family. And unlike most people who hate the idea of spending time with their extended family, ours is a good time, so it's fun. There was like 17 of us at Christmas dinner. How many? 13? 13, yeah. We, we didn't have enough Christmas crackers. There were so many of us. We found some from last year, I think. Yeah, we, we had to dig up an extra one. I got the I got the special one, because I'm the special one. I got a grooming kit, so when I gawk in my hair, I can cut, <laughs> cut out the chunks. Yeah. yeah, I can cut out the chunks. Thank you, Christmas cracker. You have the foresight that I did not see. That's the reason it's foresight. Did you get any nice presents? I got a Super Nintendo. Not like the, those classics mini things. The actual Super Nintendo from Ed. From the 90s? Yeah. And then you bought me a trip to Homecoming. Not Impact Wrestling Homecoming. January 6th. Live on pay-per-view and Fight TV. Cheap plug. Homecoming OTT in February. Okay, is that the same Homecoming main event by Brian Cage versus Johnny Impact for the world title? Brian Cage, Ken, is cashing in option C. Will it be worth the gamble or should he have kept the X Division title? Find out. January 6th. Live on pay-per-view and Fight TV. Or go to the Asylum in Nashville. That's why it's called Homecoming. Yep. OTT Homecoming, which will be main evented by Walter, the indie Goliath. He's not indie anymore. He's like signed up by the E. Co-opted. Yeah. Facing Pac, who's freshly liberated from the E. Yes, he's, so, he's the resistance. So it should be interesting. Gravity has forgotten him. Yep. Or, or re-forgotten him. I don't know. Gar got me... Uh, what did you get me? Yes, you got me tickets to Hugh Jackman live in concert. Yeah, thanks for forgetting for a minute. It's, it's well, you got me a couple of things, so I had to remember. I did. I'm so thoughtful. But yeah, I was like, Hugh Jackman. We like Hugh Jackman. He sings Les Mis songs, and you like Greatest Showman, and he sings in that too. And he's delightful. He is. He's a delightful man. He's the huge Jack, the huge jacked man. That's his name. Okay, you kind of botched it, but you got there in the end. Fair play. Yes, Hugh Jackman, a very good entertainer, has been in shows for about like 20 years. So The Greatest Shows? Yes, The Greatest Shows. Hmm. Including Les Mis and The Greatest Showman. And Oklahoma was his first ever show back in around 99, I think. Hugh Jackman is the Jean Valjean of my heart. I don't know what that means. Uh, like, there's all those other Jean Valjeans. Hugh Jackman is the real Jean Valjean. Okay. Cool. I hope I hope Russell Crowe was there. I yeah. hope they do the confrontation. He just comes out of the wings doing the confrontation. I would faint. I'd I re- actually faint. I reckon it's going to be a good night's entertainment, though, because, you know, he has a lot of good songs, but I reckon he's going to make a nice show of it. He might bring, like, a band with him and stuff. Oh, he's looking for some special guests, apparently. Ooh. Hopefully he brings Kermit the Frog. There might be local Irish. <gasps> Colin Wilkinson, Oh, he can do the confrontation with the confrontation man. The original one. It'd be great. I got, what else did I get? I got uh, Let's Go Pikachu from you. Yeah, Merry uh, Christmas. I'm enjoying it very much. We might talk a bit more about that later on. Mm-hmm. Um, I got just some, I got a cookbook I'm enjoying. What's a, whose cookbook is it? It's Liam Charles from Bake Off. He's one of the standout people from Bake Off. Did he win 17. it? He came like fifth or... He came fifth and he released the book? 
But people love him. He's like, fifth place doesn't get a book. Fifth place gets, I don't know, if they like you, maybe a spot on Best of Bake Off. Current Liam is like the One Direction of. of this Bake Off. Like, one Direction finished second. Third. Mr. X Factor history or historian over here. I'm an expert. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah. Um, got a, a wireless keyboard for my iPad. I got a keyboard for my computer, but it's wired. And I bought one of those USB hub things so I can plug it in because I'm out of USB things. And if you notice, if you look under the desk, I now have two of those, you know, it is a 10 plug extender things. Oh my God. Because I have so many plugs under there, Ken. There is going to be a day where, like, if you, uh, obviously podcast listeners can't see this, but in the corner of my room, there's like a television, there's like 17 game consoles, uh, DVD players. There's so many, there's a day where I'm going to have to untangle this mess. And I'm probably just going to choose to die instead. <laughs> yeah. Or all oh, this will spark up and you'll burn to death. Well, I had a good run. 26 and a bit years and a half at this point. Yeah. I know. We're halfway through the year. That's a bizarre thought. Or we're at the end of the year. We're at, care. We're at we're halfway through your year, but we're at the end of the actual year. Yeah. Hence this podcast. I'm halfway through my existence of this 26th year. Yeah. It was nice. I got some nice presents, nice food, too much food. Mm. Saw a bunch of people that I wanted to see. But I, I'm looking forward to getting back to normal life when it comes to like food and stuff like that. Because, mm. you know, inevitably when you go, you know, meeting people, it's always with food. So like, and that week between Christmas and New Year is such a weird week because Christmas is like a day of itself. So it's actually a Tuesday this year, but it just felt like a, a Sunday. Christmas always uh, is the rule of the universe that Christmas always feels like a Sunday. So I have no idea what day it is right now and it's nearly a week since christmas already that week is just doesn't exist mm. and then you don't cook for yourself and you're like i got two takeaways this week as oh well as all, no as well as oh all the, no the other stuff so it's, it's oh ken it's carnage in my colon right now yeah oh yeah how are you not throwing up all over the place with great difficulty with great food comes great difficulty that's what uncle ben said to peter pan yeah. Spider-Man, that's the one. Yeah. Speaking of Uncle Ben, I could do without eating any more Any of his sauces. <laughs> Stop being so saucy, Uncle Ben. You're saucy. Whatever what? that Martin Sheen quote was. So if you have a if you can help somebody, you have a responsibility to do. Just say the quote, Amazing Spider-Man. Stop being cowards. Yeah. I'm glad that uh, recent films haven't gone to, all the way back to that kind of... No! Say the quote! It's an iconic line. People are like, oh, don't say that with the great power comes. No, do say it. It's the coolest line in the thing. Stupid. Is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about your Christmas? Um, I've spent 300 euro on Super Nintendo games after Ed bought me a Super Nintendo. How many games did that buy you? I think it was like 10. Some of them are very expensive. Some of them are rather cheap. Because believe it or not, the Super Nintendo stopped being produced like 20 years ago and all games stopped being produced like 20 years ago. So, <laughs> some were pretty rare. Yeah, the, the the games are like hit and miss in terms of how, how well maintained they are, the ones you got. But the unit itself is actually in, in pretty good shape. Yeah, they usually need, I have a couple of them on the desk. Um, here's the sound of me blowing in a Super Nintendo cart. They usually need a little bit of that before they, they, they can be slotted into the Super I miss the tactile feel of that. 
You know, you push the eject button, which is big and chunky, and it practically shoots the freaking cartridge into space. It's like, whoa, it goes flying. And then you have to push it in, and it makes a nice big clicky sound. You don't get that with modern technology. It's all very sleek and clean and professional. There's no disk drives, and there's no, it's all very fancy looking. There's a, I miss the clunky aesthetic of the 90s. Well, now you have a back. Yeah. So I have like a Super Nintendo, I have a Super Nintendo Classic, I have an NES Classic, I have a Switch, I have a Wii U, I have a Wii, all sitting within arm's, arm's length of me. God, I'm a nerd. Soon there'll be more stuff than room at this point. Uh, it's, it's resets. You see like a pile of two, two shoe boxes, the keyboard I got. There's just things everywhere. I was any anything you'd like anybody to know about your Christmas can? Not really. It was quiet. I, you know, I didn't I didn't work that much. Yeah, um, I've had a rare few days because like I'm like no one's like make sure there's a tweet every hour from the Impact account over Christmas. But I'm like there has to be a tweet every hour from the Impact account over Christmas. So it's 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 basically I've just gotten ahead on my workload, and there's been day like I've worked one proper day in the last five days, and that's pretty much the only time I've had a period off since January so it's been nice yeah I've worked like one in eight or something like that so I can't complain I don't know I still like Christmas like I'm not particularly religious but I kind of try to find Jesus how are you doing happy birthday I try to find the meaning in it as in like you know just be grateful for what I have Mm -hmm. so appreciation for others you know be happy that we're all still here together and we're 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 so fortunate pay mad respect to Santa yeah Santa I love you Mm -hmm. he's the real Jesus on Christmas <laughs> yes of course I'm glad like, people are like oh you know Christmas is a religious I'm glad we've sl- we're slowly claiming back Christmas as like a secular consumerist event people are like oh the consumerism of Christmas is really rooting the festive spirit it's like no that's how we claim it back from the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church can is founded it's built on the idea of stealing festivals and co-opting them into their own religion so we're doing it back to them by taking Jesus's birthday back and making it about dumb presents and men in red costumes. Suck it, Catholic Church. We're going to win this. And everyone's going to celebrate Christmas, regardless of faith, because it's going to become a non-religious event. Ha-ha. <laughs> Jesus got some dumb presents, like, back then. Murph. 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 Frank, frankincense. Well, gold is kind, of, is kind of practical, I guess. I don't think it's practical much. Like, you know, well, you know... What's the, what's the practical use of gold? Well, you can... I suppose you, you know, can sell it. Sell it. You could melt it down and make, like, a goblet. Oh, I do Maybe like that's what the Holy Grail was made out of, huh? When we were doing charades uh, over Christmas, there was Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, and I pointed at a, 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 a wine glass and a candle, and people were like, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, after I did the, the, the scar on my head. I'm so Pretty good at charades. I won charades. You did. You won. Also, we, we did uh, uh, 30 Seconds... And one of the, the thing was Hercules. And I said, bless my soul. And you guessed Hercules immediately. Yeah. I was like, I'm so proud of you, Ken. I love you. Yeah, it's so ingrained in my consciousness that like, I was I was actually staring off into space. I wasn't even listening to you. It just came out. <laughs> Herculade. Shall we round up the news stories of the year, Gar? Sure. It's very depressing. I was reading this earlier. It's like, yeah. God, well, can we not just have a year where kind of nothing happens? We just have a year where there's no Brexit looming over us. There's no, like, nuclear North Korea threats. There's no Trump just really reaching new levels. Actually, uh, I want to talk about this. Did you see the Trump tweet where he was like, look at all these bills I'm signing, and then you can zoom in on the bill he's signing, and it's just a blank sheet of paper. 
You didn't even need to zoom in. Like, you could and very clearly see, but if you just look at it, it's clearly he's signing a blank sheet of paper. And it's like, is this, is this the level of farce we have reached? Is this the, the nonsense level that society has descended to? As he says, it's the worst. We're starting with Brexit, Ken. Yeah, or we can start with Trump if you want to. I don't care, it's all bad. Yeah, Brexit, endgame. So in the next three months, we're supposed to have the end of this saga. What is it, March something or other? Uh, I don't think we will. <laughs> which, which, well, well, there there's three options at the moment. There is the deal on the table is accepted, which I think everyone kind of agrees is not going to happen. There is hard Brexit, which is second we hit that March deadline, everything just kind of goes to shit. Or there's referendum to electric boogaloo. Which runs it runs it again. Which one of those do you think is going to happen? For me, well... It's looking like hard Brexit. <laughs> yeah, it's looking like hard Brexit because they're reluctant to go back to the people because they're calling it undemocratic. Uh, isn't that the opposite of undemocratic? Well... It's still the voice of the people. It's not like you're saying no to what they said. It's like, you sure? Yeah. You're just double-checking? <laughs> Yeah, we've done that here, and maybe you shouldn't. But at the same time, I can understand what you're saying. Like, the people spoke once, but... The people we, can speak twice. They can, and we have proven since... Just they said something once doesn't mean they can't change their mind. We have proven since that... They have been duped. They were duped. The 350 million for the NHS doesn't exist. In fact, it will cost them money because they'll have to have their own ferries and all this stuff. It's just nonsense. It was all nonsense. And it was transparently nonsense, but people were willing to be fooled by nonsense because it was all just kind of fueled by racism underneath all of it. But yeah, anyway... And the jobs that they're freeing up are, are not even being filled by British people. No. For example, in the NHS, they're looking for nurses and EU applications have dropped off a cliff and they can't fill the jobs now. Well, usually they get it from us, don't they? Yeah. That's where all our nurses go. <laughs> exactly. So time will tell. With Brexit, I feel as if a second referendum wouldn't be off the table, but it would have to be from a different party in government. Well, that, that's a whole other mess. If the government goes down, it's like... March is a hard deadline. Yeah. You know, the idea of government going down, run a, run a general election, elect a freaking new parliament, and then that new prime minister is immediately thrown into, we have a very hard deadline coming up and it's a crisis. Yeah, but there's these people like Rhys Moggs and uh, Boris Johnson who've never ever worked a day in their life. They're, they're rich. Whatever happens, they'll be okay because they have money. Mm. And they're like, the willful ignorance of thinking that like, Oh yeah, we're going to control our own destiny and we're going to rise again like a phoenix and there'll be a second coming of the British Empire. The Empire's gone. Get over it. Influence in the modern world is cooperating with everybody else, not running away from them, you doofs. Not to mention the fact that they're really, really, really misinformed on Ireland. Yeah, they, they, yeah. <laughs> the whole... We should know our place, Ken, you know? We, yeah. should, we, we should just, like, we should tell... Whatever the Brits tell us to do, we should be like, okay, sorry, sorry. They recently threatened us with a second famine. <laughs> Whoa. Well, uh, modern famine, there's lots of famines in Ireland. How, how could they, how could they give us a famine? Well, they said, oh, like, give up on this whole backstop thing. I'll explain the back, backstop in a second. Or we'll stop sending you food from the UK, basically. <laughs> we don't need their food. Yeah. I, I don't know the numbers, but I'd imagine on ad, in terms of agriculture, we export more to them than we import from the, them. Yeah. It's funny that this podcast comes from Ireland, because Ireland is like the big sticking point in the whole deal. Well, they don't like the deal anyway, because most Brexiteers in government want a strong Brexit 
which is basically like we're going to go off on our own and we're going to do our own thing. And we want all the benefits of the European Union without any of the responsibilities is what their strong Brexit is. Exactly, but the backstop is basically that Northern Ireland and Ireland can remain as it is indefinitely. Yeah. The more like hard Brexit people want it to be limited or to have like a, a you know... A, a basically, the, the Brits don't have the final say Yeah, is what it comes down to. When it comes to the Northern Irish backstop, that even if they want to pull out of whatever this agreement will be with the European Union, that, that they won't have unilateral decision-making power to do so with respect to Northern Ireland. And they're like, no, we must have unilateral British power at all times. We kind of bow to the Irish. And they want it to be... Oh, already a British accent. I don't really know what that was. Anyway, continue. Kind of. They want it to be like a, a year long, the backstop, which would not work at all. Yeah. And the EU are saying like, well... Ireland are going to be looked after because they're in the EU and yeah. we're going to back them. So take the deal on the table or take nothing. I, I, then they, and that's another piece of ignorance on their part. They were like, oh, they need to negotiate with us and they need us to be in the EU or to be have a partnership with the EU. So if we play hardball, they'll bend eventually. But uh, that younger guy doesn't seem like he's bending at all. No, and they said this is the deal, and I think it's probably as good a deal. Like Theresa May gets a lot of crap and most of it she deserves. But like this is a this is an impossible task for her. Yeah, she is her own party hates her, her own government hates her, and she has to strike a deal that like no matter what deal she takes to them, they're gonna be like oh blah 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 blah. It was a poison chalice. I think she wanted by prime minister, and who who wouldn't? Because you know it's cementing your legacy in, in politics, mm. and it's the big job. But she took it at a time where much like in Ireland when we bailed out our banks, like you're going to be remembered. That- you're going to be remembered for the wrong reasons, basically. Well, Ender mostly oversaw the... Yeah, Brian the Cowan. Recovery. Well, well, yeah, Biffo stood into the, the the shoes of Bertie and oversaw the the fall of Rome, if you will. And he's obliterated politically. We don't even talk about him anymore, except to deride him. So, yeah, he really did disappear off the face of the earth. I reckon... Yeah, I don't reckon the government will fall, so I, I think it's going to be a no-deal Brexit. And that's a, that's a terrifying proposition. Yes, uh, I like to, it. Could cause like a mega recession that likes the world, which the world has never seen. Just the shock of it will cause people to freak the hell out. Yeah, but anyway, okay. In two years of this. Yeah. God. Part of me just wants it to end. Well, it will. <laughs> end game. There's three months. Trump, I... bad, hate him. Wall. Ugh, I don't even care. His <laughs> grip on power and reality, it seems, has loosened. Uh, he's basically shut down the government over Mexico wall funding mm-hmm. and there is you know a feeling that the net is closing in in relation to his relationship to Russia during the uh, 2016 election uh, he'll see how this just two, two separate things so the question I want to ask you is like this government shutdown is it partially to prevent the wave that's coming like well what I mean is like they won the house so would this prevent them from taking their seats no I don't know I don't know American politics yeah, he threw a hissy fit because he didn't get what he wanted. It's like they went to negotiations and they said no. Then they struck up a budget deal that would have funded the government through February, and Trump vetoed it because he didn't get his dumb border wall money. And he's a child, and he's just throwing a, a Christmas hissy fit. It's a pretty big move because, uh, well, I I wouldn't even second guess this because because some of his more ardent supporters will still blindly follow him. But stupid, you're basically. 
playing the hand that you had no intention of ever making Mexico pay for that wall. Like, no, because they weren't going to do it. And now you're going to make the taxpayers They'll pay. They'll pay indirectly for the wall, Ken. You're going to make taxpayers pay for it. And you can guarantee it's the rich people who won't pay for it. So uh, I've met some, like, uh, recently I was in Boston and I met some pretty ardent Trump supporters. He's like, he's doing what we want him to do. He's, he's shaking things up. He's stupid. like, no, he's not. He's he's, make, he's going to get, make Germany pay their fair share in the UN. So my taxes are lower. It's like, well, that's, you know, that's, that's a, a fallacy. Yeah. But do you know what's going to make your taxes higher? More likely paying for some stupid wall. Also, a trade war with China, but that's neither, neither here nor here nor there. He's also said that he's going to shut down the border with Mexico until the wall is built. Of course he did, because he's a buffoon. Yeah. You know what they say, Ken? Show me a 15-foot wall, and I'll show you a 16-foot ladder. Yeah. It's just crossed my mind, though. It's most likely an attempt to deflect from the investigation that seems to be intensifying against him. I don't know. I think he's just stupid and deranged. Did you see his design for the wall? It's not even a wall. It's a big gate with spikes on top. Did you see his tweet about it? That it'll be... It'll be a very artful wall or whatever it was. It's beautiful. Again, it's uh, it's farce. It's it's so far down the farce rabbit hole that it can't be satirized. You know? Yeah. It's so absurd and so stupid and, and reads as just utter lunacy comedy. But this is the way the world is at the moment. Because apparently we all just went crazy in 2012. Yeah, we're a few months away from basically the election cycle starting again for the next well, presidential Well, I think we're, we're closer than a few months away. 2020. Like, is this his big play? Is this like this big show of power that he's trying to do? Or uh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I'm more interested to see who the Democrats end up running. But anyway. It's looking like Bernie Sanders at the moment. Which... No, it's not. Well, he has like the most support, as far as I can see. Well, every every one of his donors and supporters is flocking to Beto O'Rourke. He's the new flavor of the month. Well, he is younger. He is. I think like, I don't want to be ageist, but Bernie does seem like he's too old. Yeah. I would like he'd be a good uh, vice president. Sure. He put him on the ticket with Beto. I think that could be a good combination. Elizabeth Warren, maybe. Yeah. Uh, she's not very likable. Is that your 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 reflexive sexism, Ken? Not so much, well, like, no, like, possibly. I have to confront that. But, like, what I mean in America. Has that, pro- that, that, like, like, that's always the thing thrown against women in <laughs> politics. Oh, they're not very likable. That's... What, what I mean is, like, no, probably what I meant to say was, or, you know, if we looked at Hillary, America is Again, inherently sexist. People are like, she's not that likable. It's like she's perfectly likable. It's like, you just have unfair standards thrown against women. You never say Bernie's not that likable because, well,. He's never. He's really not. He's just a grumpy old man. No, you're right. But what I mean is, I don't think it would be a good move, even though it's a horrible thing to say, to put up a woman based on the fact that America is still inherently sexist. There's Cory Booker. Yes. There's uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Yeah, he's he's. I'd rather Joe Biden than Bernie. Yeah. I think Joe Biden would be more likely to win. There's another. But also, he's very old. There's a there's another woman, uh, a black senator. Uh, Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Kamala Harris, that's it. Yeah, I think, so. I think that could like of all the women, I think that could be a good shout as well. Of all of the women, of my pick of the women, pick of the women. No, or, or like, well, I think they have to have the foresight. Whoever wins the primary to put a like, hopefully one of those candidates who loses would be willing to go on a ticket with them. Like you know, but then again, do they have to decide who's going to be on the ticket with them in the primary? Uh, usually. So they, well, yeah. But Joe Biden joined Obama after he lost, didn't he? 
Yeah, well, usually the, they bow out and then it's toward the end of the primary process. Even usually, sometimes after the nomination, after they're nominated, they'd name a vice president. But sometimes yeah. people will name a vice president to try and shore up the nomination. Yeah, we won't talk about re-election yet, but that's certainly uh, going to be an interesting time or a depressing time. We continue the depression. Saudi Arabia, bad. Rise of the right, bad. North Korea, bad. Yeah. These are all just quick ones because we just want to have updates on the story. The thing that disappoints me about Saudi Arabia and the killing of Jamal Khashoggi is like nothing happened. The international community basically turned their back and accepted it and put their fingers in their ears because they all have filthy, filthy hands. And because the person who's most likely to do it, do something about it, is America. And Trump is like, oh, I don't care. Let's just send us, sell our weapons. We make money from it. So who gives a shit? Yeah. That's literally the, 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 the Trump administration argument. Yeah, I thought Europe would be stronger, but they must have... What can we do? There must be ties to the Saudis here as well, I'd imagine. It's not even ties. It's like, what can we do to Saudis? Yeah. They're yeah, alone. As I said, like, America sells shitloads of weapons to them. The first thing they could do is sell, not sell shitloads of weapons to them. And then the Saudis were like, where's our shitloads of weapons? It's like, well, you killed a guy. And then sawed him up and dissolved him in acid or whatever the hell they did. Well, the one thing we could do is not do business with them in general because the indication is, as we said in previous podcasts, that the oil is starting to run out, so they need to diversify, which is why they've been courting all these big tech companies. Courting is a way to put it, sure. Yeah, or bribing. That's another way to put it. Bribing is certainly closer to the fact of the matter. Time will tell. I think that it's kind of been forgotten about, which is kind of sad, so we won't say much more about that. But North Korea... uh, This one surprised me this year. North Korea basically decided that they went from like, oh, we're testing nuclear weapons, we're going to blow the whole world up, everyone's against us, to like, okay, we want to be part of the gang now. They're still testing nuclear weapons. Come on. Do you think it's a ruse? Yeah. <laughs> Here's my hot take here. Go on. South Korea and North Korea are suddenly becoming very buddy-buddy, and there's talks, like like from being like ardent enemies, to suddenly being talks of unifying the Korean peninsula. Reunification's not going to happen. That's the very weird thing, but... Apparently, the Prime Minister of South Korea is the child of North Korean defectors. Oh, so it's, it's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a plant. He's, he's a, a sleeper. Mole. Yeah. Right. That's uh, depressing. But, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also not the case. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, no, the whole North Korea situation. Yeah. The, but, like, Trump is like, we struck a, a great deal where they said they won't make missiles, but there's no way we can go in and check. It's fine. They're say he sent me a letter. It was a very nice letter. I didn't read it. Yeah. What did the letter say? I haven't read it yet. Oh, what the? What's wrong with the world? Who's Baby Shark? Let's get onto Baby Shark. What's Baby Shark's two billion? Is this a fun story? This is fun in some ways. What I mean by Baby Shark's two billion is it exceeded two billion views on YouTube. I haven't seen Baby Shark. Yeah, like it was a, it's like it's still a, like it was on a toy show this year, like our local toy event on TV. Was there a toy of Baby Shark? No, it's like a song. It's like Baby Shark. Doo, 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 oh baby yeah, shark, doo, doo. okay. Oh, that's yeah. bad. I don't like that. That annoys me. Yeah, it annoys everyone. But yeah, it was a, a global phenomenon. It had got two billion views. Why? I don't know. Why can't this podcast get two billion views? Yeah, I haven't slept. And I'm also, like, super full on food, so I'm, like, uh, food delirious and sleep-deprived. This is the best podcast entertainment, and this is going to get, like, 17 views. 20 if we're lucky. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Baby Shark still doing the rounds. People are still trying to get mileage out of it, but it's, it's kind of 
consigned to history at this point. Oh yeah, kids performed that, didn't they? That was bad. Yeah. Next up, Gar. France finally win a world war when they lift a world cup in Russia. They're a very good football team. They're extremely good. And I have to say, I was... Partly because Russia are, are evil. I thought this was going to be a bad tournament. But on balance, it was a very, very good tournament. Also, PAR worked. Yeah. <laughs> there was so much like, hand-wringing about it in the early stages of the tournament. And it's like, players were doing things that they usually did. That they could usually get away with. That suddenly they were being called on. People were like, well, VAR is causing all of these penalties. It's like, no. These penalties always should have been given. But all of a sudden, players do being, being shady is getting called out on. And it'll have to change how they started defending. Which is what we'll see in the next two years of football. As VAR becomes uh, implemented in all major leagues in Europe. Uh, it, it will change football. It will change how people play football. Because you can get away with less. It'll be interesting to watch. But yeah, VAR worked. France were a very good football side. And we weren't there. So it's... Blah. Yeah. Croatia had a dream run to the final. Oh, yeah. Luka Modric, the best player in the world at the moment, I would say. Well, he was he, that's official. Both in terms of the the Ballon d'Or and the World Cup best player. Whatever they call that. Golden Ball. Golden Ball, yes. No. Yes. Yes, that's what it's called. He has, go- he has Golden Balls. Very good. Mm-hmm. Facebook gets unfollowed. Facebook very bad this year. Massive scrutiny on Mark Zuckerberg and Co's business dealings and the Cambridge Analytica scandal comes to a head. Also at least like three times this year a schedule posts on the Impact Facebook page and then Facebook just never posted them or posted them and didn't show them to anybody so very bad Facebook I don't like you. I've promoted posts for this podcast before. It's and- just random likes from Indonesia. <laughs> it's just these accounts. I feel like these accounts are ghost accounts that people don't use anymore. Or so, just set up by Facebook to say, look at all this engagement your money drove. It's in Bangladesh and India nearly exclusively. I wonder why. <laughs> Facebook have been kind of weird on this because they've been like going between putting on all these measures to prevent fake news and banning ads and all this stuff to like violating your data in new wacky ways every month. Yeah, or mind your own business. We have it under control. Never mind kind of stuff. And as we said, I don't think Facebook are worried too much because... They've been very clever to buy up a lot of popular IP over the last couple of years. So what they bought Oculus, didn't they? they bought and they owned Instagram. Instagram. So, so like, in fairness, like Facebook has seen a, a a bunch of young people flock away from Facebook. Yeah. But the for the most part, they flock to either Snapchat, which they don't own, or Instagram, which they do. Yeah, and the way Snapchat has gone this year, I wouldn't be surprised if Facebook yeah, moved so. in on that too. I think Snapchat is. I don't know. Snapchat seems to have lost some steam this year. Yeah, it had a couple of bad hits when the likes of Rihanna and Kylie Jenner tanked it mm. on social media. But yeah, Facebook. I, 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 th- I always thought Facebook was too big to fail, as in it, like it was became this juggernaut. But like it, it feels like it's on the decline. It could become every every social media network will fail, except maybe Google. I think YouTube is the only one that I'd say confidently won't collapse. But like uh, in fifteen years, Twitter and Facebook won't be there. Something else will. Interesting. Like, they're relatively young. They're only 10 years old. Speaking of big business, Gary, it gets even bigger as Apple and Amazon cross the trillion dollar mark in the US. Good for them. They're worth so much money. Jeff Bezos has so much money that it's theoretical. It doesn't actually exist in the world. <laughs> Good for Jeff. And if he gave away all his money today, he'd become rich again instantly just because the money keeps flooding in at that rate. Because mm. it's a fun game you can actually play. It's... Uh, I can't remember the name of the website so I'm going to have to put it in the show notes or something like that where you basically it's going to have a click through thing it's a website it's just kind of HTML where you spend all of Jeff Bezos' money 
Well, that's nice. It takes a really long time. It does. So Mike Tyson famously spotted. He spent like a million bucks a day and then went broke. Yeah. Jeff Bezos could do that for a considerably longer period of time. Probably like a hundred years or something <laughs> crazy like that. But yeah. Another royal wedding this year, Gar, and two royal babies. Who got married this year? I don't even remember. Meghan Markle and Harry. Oh yeah, she was in 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 Suits. Yeah. And Suits is everywhere now since because like it has that royal connection. It's a real bad show. It's not a bad show. It was a good show for like two seasons. And then like you realise the formula of the episode was we introduce a a, a, a case somebody starts arguing with each other for no reason because everybody on that show hates each other then somebody's like oh I don't know it's a real uh, or, or, or it's a real controller of a case and then the person's like controller you say and then the ha moment and then they go solve the case that's literally every episode where it's like someone will say something offhand and then so the, one of the other characters will have a light bulb moment based on that it's stupid and bad do you know yeah. what Eureka means Ken? what? it's Greek for here it is Okay. I don't know why that popped into my head, but sure. There's Just wanted the people to know that before 2019. <laughs> yeah, it is a fun fact. <laughs> yeah. What strikes me about the whole royals thing is, um, uh, by the way, by the way, yeah, suits is awful, but I bet they're like rubbing their hands with glee that she's now a royal because it's kind of sparked interest in it. Even though it's <laughs> Americans are stupid for some reason when it comes to royals. For yeah. some reason, they, I think they care a great deal more about the royals than the Brits do. But Kate had a baby as well this year. That's why there's two royal babies. And Meghan Markle was found out to be pregnant shortly after they got married. But are, are you are you making suggestions there, Kenneth? I think the timelines don't match up, Care. First of all, <laughs> and second of all, she was she gave birth in the morning around ten o'clock, and she was out on the steps at five o'clock with the baby in hand. All right. Like makeup, suit, dress on, all this stuff. Like it's, it's really horrible to, to have that pressure on you. Well, yeah. And Meghan Markle is like got pregnant immediately. It's like immediate. It's almost like it's expected. It's just like I was. I was suggesting that she was pregnant before they got married, but still, shotgun wedding. <laughs> yeah, Prince. Uh, Prince. Yeah, it's Prince Philip, isn't it? I, I have with, no the, idea. with the gun at the back, is like <coughs> get married. <laughs> or he doesn't have like although the, the wedding was kind of funny because he didn't have much of a clue what was going on all the time. Mm-hmm. Final one. This guard. This is still ongoing, and we don't know whether it's going to go through or not. But Disney attempt to strengthen their grip on everything you love in Hollywood and beyond by attempting to buy Fox Family Guy The Simpsons freaking the rest of the Marvels the rest of the Marvels god this is a weird one in that it seemed like a done deal once yeah and then it's like maybe it's not gonna happen and then yeah. it seemed like a done deal again and it's still kind of a limbo I think it, like and in America I didn't think this was a thing but it's being investigated for the likelihood that it's anti-competitive which is there, there, there is even limits to that in America yeah. they're, they're much less harsh than they are in the European Union but there is eventually a state I, I don't think this administration cares a great deal about it but uh, the previous administrations I think would have would have cared at least a certain degree about media monopoly because media monopolies are very very bad yeah because only one voice controls the message yeah when you look at Sinclair Broadcasting, who are spreading their message out to their thousands of affiliate stations with with predefined, rigid scripts that they have to deliver, that's very dangerous. I'm surprised the Ring of Honor wrestlers don't stop mid-match and go like, "Here's here's we have to perform the script that Sinclair passed down to tell you about the the good thing Trump did today or whatever." School shootings are a lie. It's all actors. <laughs> That's something from this year that that was positive. The, the whole move. Well, that was a, obviously a horrible thing, but the movement to 
to kind of tackle guns. Did it go anywhere though? It's ongoing, but I think that the the, the will is getting larger than it was. But then week after week, you still see these school shootings. So. I don't know when when Sandy Hook happened and kids were murdered and nothing happened. At that stage, you just like we're doomed. It's not it's not going to go. Anywhere. When kids are slaughtered and everyone's like, we still need our guns. It's just like. Yeah. Let's leave it there, Gar. Dep- what a depressing news roundup. It was, yeah. We I, even tried to do fun stuff and it got depressing. Yeah. Uh, Stupid so, baby shark. More like. Do, 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 We bear bears. Sorry. <laughs> 2018 can suck it. Basically, what we what found out from this. Well, we were like, 2016's the worst year. Oh, and then we're like, 2017's the worst. At least less people seem to die this year. Yeah. That's a, that's a plus. There wasn't a big celebrity death this Christmas either. That seemed to be like a trend in the last few years. Stan Lee was about the closest. That was in like November. Yeah. Care. There's a lot of pop culture this year though. I made a list. We have some faves. You made a list. Cool. I prepared for the podcast, Ken. Unlike some people. So we're going to talk about our faves. There's too much negativity swirling around the internet these days. Or, or the world in general. So I'm going to talk about stuff we liked and Gareth's too and we're not going to dwell too much on stuff we didn't like because what's the point there's too much as we just pointed out there's too much sadness yeah so Gar, I'm going to start with movies mm-hmm. um, I'm going to predict the film you're going to start with I was going to start with Avengers oh okay okay that's that's not the one I thought you'd start with the reason I say Avengers was there's a few movies like and I've seen a few this year not as many as I usually do but I was on a sabbatical from work so I didn't have as much money I I I've started going to cinema a lot recently though. I've been a couple of times. I went to. Over I've seen every film. Yeah. Like every one of them. It's like Bumblebee, Mortal Engines, Into the Spider Verse, Aquaman, uh, a freaking Harry Potter, whatever that Harry Potter thing was called. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. There you go. Uh, there's so many films around. I've seen them all. It's bizarre. But I saw Avengers on a very big screen, mm-hmm. and as I said. It, in previous podcasts it didn't reinvent the wheel it didn't do anything like revolutionary save for maybe the last 10 minutes 10-15 minutes which was very very compelling but it was one of those films that kind of made me kind of, I, I could I could I could feel the excitement when I was sitting in my seat like you know I was kind of you know like a kid moving with the punches and you know kind of getting engrossed in the action and I had that feeling that you know of like a cinematic cinematic experience which is, is kind of rare these days so that's that's kind of why it sticks in my mind and again the 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 ending is a huge cinema big screen in in edinburgh of all places i was on a stag we, edinburgh and we're such a nerd so we said oh, it was scottish we had to see infinity war as part of the stag so the final scenes happen when 50 percent of people fade away including peter parker in a very choking up scene i don't feel so good ken he doesn't feel so good in no I, I just i'm just gonna vomit sorry okay. i wasn't Car- i wasn't going the Car- i thought we got over this <laughs> And you could hear a pin drop in the cinema. So that that's probably the, the first movie I remember really loving this year. There are so many ways in which that film could have gone wrong. Yeah. There are like I watched we and Ed watched nearly all of that film on Stephen's Day. And like watching it is like there are so many moving parts and so many different characters and so many story threads and the fact that they don't even bother to be like this is who Doctor Strange is, and this is who Thor is, and this is who the talking raccoon is. You know, we've got it's like nope. 
We're yep. throwing you in the deep end. If you don't know who Doctor Strange's friend Wong is, who cares? If you haven't watched these films, then go back and do it. Pepper, who the hell's Pepper Potts? I don't know. She's been, she hasn't had a featured role in a film since, I don't know, Iron Man 2. But Oh yeah, she's been gone a while. Maybe Iron she, Man 3. Uh, yeah, whatever. The, the Iron Man. She popped up in uh, Homecoming. Or God, there's so many different things called Homecoming. Good, good lord. But, but yeah, there's so many different ways that film could have gone wrong, and the fact that it didn't. Like, I think, I don't think any superhero film deserves a nomination for best picture. Not even Black Panther, because Black Panther is only okay. But I do firmly believe that Infinity War deserves uh, nominations for editing and nominations for direction, because there are so many ways in which that film could have gone wrong, and they nailed it. It's worth talking about, Garrett, that Black Panther isn't on my list either. And I said, we don't want to be negative, but... <laughs> the film's fine. It's fine, but like if you look at Thor, it's the same story, basically. So it, it is very formulaic in terms of the you know the king you know claiming his throne, then losing his throne, then reclaiming his throne. And the villain just wanting the powers of the freaking hero. <laughs> yeah. That's very formulaic. And, and, but it's, and, it's, it's and enjoyable. T'Challa's boring. <laughs> I enjoyed the music. I enjoyed... Every other character except T'Challa, I would say. Yeah, the, uh, the the iconography rules. Exactly. It has a really interesting villain, and they did the, probably the best job of any Marvel film of building a really visceral, tangible world that's different from the other ones. But it's just boring. <laughs> it's fine. I think it it sets up for a good sequels, but I don't I don't get the love for it. I I get the importance of it that you know it has an entirely black cast, and that is important and necessary to to normalize this kind of thing because like people are like, oh well. It's just weird, and that's not how things are usually done. Because it's weird because you treat it as such. Yeah. It's like, why is there gay relationships in my films? It's like because there's been straight ones for like as long as there have been films. The only thing you, the reason you treat it as strange, or the other thing, the reason you think it's strange, is because you treat it as strange. And the more it happens, the more it'll become a normal thing that happens, and no one will give a shit anymore, which is ideal. That's like a theme of our podcast. We've said that multiple times this year. Yeah. What else is on your movie list, Car? Well, I was gonna leave with Christopher Robin. Oh yeah. That's a great film. I love Christopher Robin. It's depressing and hilarious and Pooh is the best. And Pooh, it's like, Pooh Wisdom is just like it's just like Paddington. It's just sends you to a really like like it almost brings you back to your childhood, but it puts you in like a like a happy place that's just it's just blissful. It makes you feel Ken expuberant. <laughs> it's just a good film. What is it? It, just, it makes me happy. I've seen yeah. it I saw it twice. It makes me happy. It performed fairly well. I don't think there'll be a sequel. I don't think there should be a sequel. No, I don't. None of these Disney films need sequels. People who saw it that aren't as invested in Pooh as I am, or you are, for example, didn't really like it that much. I, I the thing I pushed I'm back. Sad that people didn't like it. The thing I pushed back against was the people who were like it's bleak, and it's like it's supposed to be sad, so you feel the uplifting message when when. When when Christopher Robin finds his inner child again, and that's the point of the film. Stupid, silly people. Pooh is there to be delightful as well, though. Ah. I think that's how it delivered, though, because you saw the light and shade. The dark came, and it was dark for a while, but it wasn't for very long. And then at the end, the punch was stronger because of that. So I I don't, I, I agree with you. I don't really get that kind of hate for it. I don't need one, but I would very much like one. <laughs> Who talking about wanting a balloon? Oh, I love it. I'm gonna watch it again soon. Actually, that's on my list. Garrett, one that kind of uh, plopped onto a lot of people's lists in a, only in the last week or so, towards the end of the year, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's a very good film. It's probably the best Spider-Man film. It's probably the best superhero film. It's better than Black Panther. 
by probably a considerable margin. It, it's gorgeous to look at. It is very, very funny. It's it's full of warmth and heart. And Jake Johnson's uh, uh, fat sweatpants dad, <laughs> dad, dad bod Spider-Man is the best. It made brave choices. It, it, it had a lot of characters, but each one of them felt developed and got time. And yet, it was still a Miles Morales film. Yeah. You know, it had Spider-Pig, it had Penny Parker, it had frickin' Nick, Nick Cage, noir of Spider-Man, but it was still a Miles Morales film, which is very important. Yeah, and the result was never really in doubt, but I think that's not really what's important. The journey was the story of the film, and it's really interesting. It's always going to be super, he becomes Spider-Man, saves the day. Like, like people are like, oh, it's very predictable. It's like, shut up. Lord and Miller have overseen a lot of really good animated films in the last couple of years, and I think this is no no different. Not only animated films, they did the 21 Jump Street, yeah. which was also very good. Yeah. They were very good. They should make all of the things. This this film had so many jokes that I missed some of them. Like like, like I've been meaning to go see it twice for a second time for like the last three weeks. The animation style I saw in the trailer. We talked about this. It's kind of when we previewed the the Christmas season. I believe I talked about I talked about what you're about to say with Barry on the episode of Podcast of the Week. In your contest feeds right now about yeah. Into the Spider-Verse and Venom and other assorted Marvel things. It's made to move a, a comic book, which is a really cool idea, but the frame rate can be kind of jerky at times, which takes a bit of getting used to. But once you do, it, it is like being in a comic book, so that immersive experience is, is fantastic. It's very pretty. And the voice cast, like, Lily Tomlin's Aunt May is super cool. And like it's just it's stacked top to bottom. It's a very good film. Go see Into the Spider. It's probably still in your cinema. Go see it. It's and it's, it's such a good sign that it it was silly and it, uh, self-deprecating, but it didn't sacrifice the seriousness of the stakes. Yeah, it's a good film. It's a good film. Go see the good film. Anything else you got there, Gar? I have like seventeen films. You too. Uh, quick, Bumblebee. Shockingly good film. Only out this week. Like uh, I imagine, go Sorry back yesterday. Brilliant. Go back to our 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 Christmas movie preview or whatever we called it, where we we we're uh, not very uh, what's the word enthusiastic. Yes, about this film at all. You mentioned Bumblebee, and I think I was like ah, I think I vomited on that podcast. So I, I tell a lie. Last time I vomited was when you mentioned Bumblebee on that podcast. But yeah, it's shockingly good. And who the thunk can if you take the cool Transformers characters? ground them in a bit of humanity, do a little girl in a robot film. It's it's actually strikingly similar to the original Transformers. Yeah. In, in that it's just about Bumblebee and, and a kid who finds Bumblebee and, and discovers herself and finds more about her and Bumblebee becomes a replacement for her dad. And <laughs> Yeah, a little bit weird. But it goes back to its core appeal, which is a boy or girl in this case, which I, I applaud as well. Not applaud. It's it should be. It's just yeah. It's just a girl. It's a girl, and it makes sense. And that's right. That's there's nothing weird. Why about are that. they putting the girl in the film? Because it's a girl. Shut up. But a boy and his robot. So like that's not really the story of the original franchise. But the toys. That was the relationship the child had with the toy. Or I had my Transformers. Like yeah. just that imagination of like what if this was real and and what if I I I encountered a Transformer in real life and just the coolness of the transformation and you know each one of them having their own personality and character. Uh, really good. Uh, what I will say is, like, it, it it could be considered a breakout film for John Cena in terms of the overall uh, exposure and like you know a, a big franchise. But he didn't have much to do in this film. He also had to look angry for most of it and deliver one-liners. Bumblebee accidentally killed his entire squad or whatever. <laughs> well, he's trying to defend them. In fairness, yeah. But what? Yeah, it's just a sweet film. It's got a banging soundtrack from the eighties. 
It's it's kind of depressing though because I was born in the very very late eighties. That, that so you desperately cling to it. The, 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 I'm an eighties kid, I swear. The eighties is considered nostalgic now, which is kind of strange to me. Of but... course, this is like forty years ago. Yeah. I I, I put the question out there is like, is Final Fantasy VII a retro game? And like, I think most people instinctively go no, but then you're like, Final Fantasy VII released twenty one years ago, and they're like, yeah, it's a retro game. Goddamn. Stuff from the nineties is retro, Ken. That was twenty years ago. Stuff from the 80s is super retro. Yeah, the soundtrack rules. There's actual honest-to-god character development in there. Yeah. It, it's honestly funny. It's very charming. Soundtrack rules. The and, action is discernible, so you can actually see what's going on. And there's not too much of it. Michael Bay's two-and-a-half-hour crashing and banging films. This is not certainly not. Yeah. Sweet film. Yeah, Bumblebee. Let's go see it. Uh, I've into the Spider-Verse. Uh, Bad Times at El Royale. Didn't see it. Film I really like. It's a really, it's a really good little film, even though it's like two and a half hours long. Ready Player One, Ken. Didn't get to see. It. I, I have no idea why I didn't see this film in the cinema. I, I haven't seen it yet. If you listen to the the Two Towers episode of podcast that we you'll know I like this film a lot yeah. and talk probably more about that than Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. But it's a real good Spielberg film. I put Mortal Engines question mark because that's a film with a thousand ideas, and I'm like. There's, I saw someone call it derivative, and it's like, no, it's not. It's a film about moving cities that fight each other. That's not derivative, and it's kind of cool. It actually, reminds me of like a Final Fantasy game. Final yeah, Fantasy. Peter Jackson attached as well. Yeah, he produced, dum, 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 and, and I think he, he contributed to the screen, uh, the script. But yeah, it's it's full of ideas that don't really work, but there's just tons of them in there, and it's like there's something here. It just didn't come together, but there's lots of ideas. Uh, uh, Game Night. Game Night was a surprise hit. Again, shockingly good. Because you're like, Jason Bateman comedy? Again, vomit. Yeah. <laughs> it's Every a second one it. seems to be good for him, I think. Yeah, I think it's more like one in five. But yeah. <laughs> uh, every so often you'll get a Jason Bateman comedy that's like, this was really good. And Game Night is really good. The premise was original, the jokes were good, the cast had chemistry. Had a few, a few twists. I liked, like... Maybe a few too many twists, but at the same I time, I thought it worked. It was just kind of silly. Yeah, it wasn't played like whoa. It's like oh, it's like it's just silly. Yeah, and Ken, I think I've saved the best for last. Go ahead. As you look at my list, I can't see it. Sherlock Gnomes. Sherlock Gnomes was very enjoyable. I think I think the theme of this list is surprisingly good because. Romeo and Juliet came out quite a few years ago. It also wasn't great. And was, I didn't. I didn't like. Nomi it was and lackluster Juliet. and it didn't do that well. So I was just why I was surprised that it got a sequel, and I was not enthusiastic about it. I didn't want to go see it, but then, you know, we go to random cinema trips a lot just to pass time, and I found myself just really enjoying it. Yeah, when I was teaching, there was a student who was obsessed with Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. So I was like, I'll go see Sherlock Gnomes just for you, kiddo. And I went to Sherlock Gnomes. It's a good film. It's a good film. Even though Johnny Depp is in it. Go yeah. Uh, TV. I didn't watch much TV this year. Not a huge amount. Uh, I, I saw someone saying, like, this is the year a lot of people had TV burnout. And I'm like, yeah. Because I'm, si- I'm sick of serious TV. I'm sick of TV that's supposed to, uh, that, that, that's supposed to move me or affect me or challenge me. And that, that might sound like you don't want something to challenge you. I was like, no. I'm just sick of every television show being like... This is important. This is prestige television. I have some kind of message or some kind of... And it's always capital I important as well, you know? Yeah. It's just, like, you can't just get... Uh, I'm sure Atlanta's a great show. I didn't really like it. There's not enough jokes. 
And it's a comedy. Like, even comedies now, like, I think, what's on Caesar Sari's Netflix show? Master of None. I think Master of None is a good show, but it tries to be too important at the, the expense of jokes. And it's meant to be a comedy. And, like, not everything has to, And it does have some very important representation of Indian culture in television. And it does have some very important plots about representation of minorities on television. But I just want jokes from my comedies sometimes, Ken. And all of the shows are like this. So, yeah, I, I'm going to talk about two. <laughs> One of which is The Haunting at Hill House, which shocked me, again, shocked me with how good it was. Because, like, it's, a, it's a, haunting, a haunted house film. Or a TV show. You're like, how good can a haunted house show be? And it's apparently real damn good. It's, it's full of mystery and suspense. Great character work. A great score. And I think like the the threads don't exactly add up in the end, but I I don't think that matters. It's, it's as they say, it's about the journey, Ken, not the destination. Uh, Haunting at Hill House is real good, and the other one, surprising again, the theme of my culture this year is surprisingly good. Titans. I haven't seen it. Which is the Teen Titans show on the DC streaming platform, which, if you see in the first trailer where it's like fuck Batman, it's like oh no. That's what this show is? Oh, no. And then you watch the show, and it's like it's, it's surprisingly like character-driven and, and you know, low-key, which I guess it, it comes from the fact that it's, it's a low-production, low-budget television show, relatively speaking. But, so it kind of has to be kind of like character-driven and smaller scale. But that works for it. It makes it better. Yeah. The other one is Impact Wrestling. The other one is Impact Wrestling. The best television show on television. Anyway. Where can you find it, Gar? Uh, starting next week or, or September or September starting January 11th Friday at 10pm on the Pursuit Channel TV maybe it's just because they came to mind recently but or I watched them recently I really enjoyed The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on Netflix mm, it's, a, it's just as again like, that would be part of my whiplash against serious prestige TV it's like a silly witch show that's fun it hooked me I like the stories I like the world have you watched the Christmas episode? I have I haven't yet is it good? it's a Christmas episode. Okay. I will give it credit that it does advance the story somewhat, so it wasn't a complete, like, separate thing. It, it was like a, a good monster of the week, basically. Mm. So I recommend that one. The Final Table on Netflix, I talked about that in our last podcast. I, I watched the finale. It's kind of like, it's it's glitzy, it's over the top. Some people really hated it for that reason. They like kind of more of a low-key cooking show. I like the premise of it. I like the fact that it's, you know top chefs facing off against each other because but like when there's people in the bottom like it's more compelling because there's no obvious weak link as such you know mm. so uh i don't i don't know if we'll come back for a second season but i applauded the ambition of it and just to kind of trying to do something different with the cooking format Let's see i'd like to include doctor who in this list but i'm, uh, I'm i still haven't watched anything past episode four uh i will say that when it got past the run of episodes written by Chris Chibnall alone and had other voices, it was enjoyable. I am looking forward to the Christmas special. Or New the, Year's special, Ken. Sorry, the Christmas New Year, is dead. The New Year's special, because, uh, spoilers, the Doctor will battle a classic foe for the first time in her current incarnation. Who is it? The Daleks. Oh. It's better than a Cyberman. So I'm looking forward to that. So that I, I think, on bands, I have to say, I enjoyed Jodie Whittaker's performance. I think it's okay to have a season that's kind of aimless, because the Doctor does take a while to find their feet. And I, I did appreciate seeing her in different scenarios. Uh, Graham is a breakout star as a companion. Played by Bradley Walsh. Who's more famous for being uh, the host of The Chase. I believe he's now called Sadly Walsh. Yeah, Sadly Walsh. But uh, his, his storyline pays off in a very satisfying way. So I do recommend you catching up on the rest of the series, Gary. So I, I, I put Doctor Who on the list with a caveat that 
It wasn't my favorite season, but it did have some high points. Also, cherish it while you got it, Ken, because it's going to be gone for a very long time. Yeah, so there's going to be one episode in 2019, just by virtue of the fact it's on the very first day of 2019, mm-hmm. and it's gone for over a year. There are podcasts, because we're a podcast and we enjoy other podcasts. Anything that's... Well, I, I will say it's almost like a stopgap every year we put it on there. Reply All continue to do very, very good work. It's the first time Gar's list there. Uh, their most recent episode was was a wrap-up. It's actually maybe an interesting jumping-in point if you want to start on the show, because they do a wrap-up of their year for their last episode of the season every year and it kind of catches up on some stories or kind of retells them in, in some ways and the last 20 minutes of it is uh, a kind of a experiment I believe it's a homage Ken yeah. to, to the revolutionary podcast Five Minutes of Silence yes of course uh, let's never speak of that again but Reply All continue to go good work and I'm I'm just in Oh, of how they kind of produce such really good stuff. It's... You were given out all year that they didn't produce enough episodes. They don't. <laughs> Give me more, Alex. I want more of the greatness. Yeah, it's a real good show. It's just consistently, like, consistent tr- tremendous. There's podcasts that I even like that I've just fallen out of love with or I've just kind of gotten behind on, but that's one I will always listen to when it pops into my feed. Mm. Let's see what else I've got. I mentioned recently Conan O'Brien needs a friend. I uh. like... I like Conan. I like the candid setting. I like that he has more of a kind of a personal conversation with people. And I think he's funny, so that's good as well. The Blind Boy podcast. Blah. Uh, it's basically a blind boy who wears a bag on his head. He's a comedian slash writer slash singer. Sure. Uh, he can't just choose one, can he? Well, he likes to do a lot of creative endeavors. Mm, he's a podcast too. Yes. But his best podcasts are basically when he starts with a really hot take and then kind of he might reveal it at the start or reveal it at the end, but he just goes on a tangent. He might either he'll like have a big hot take and he'll kind of or how like the Hitler got the idea for the swastika from an Irish laundry company. That's a more as a better example. Is that actually true? Well, the link is possible but not proven. You're well there suggested. The answer is just no. <laughs> it's, whether they're true or not, it's just fun how he gets there. Or else he talks about a subject that he's passionate about. Like, I'm not a big fan of hip-hop music, but he did, like, the history of disco or the history of hip-hop, neither of which I like, but he makes it interesting. He actually um, talks about how Donald Trump possibly caused the, the start of hip-hop. Or, like, it's not true, but he just kind of links them together. It was so you're saying he's just bullshitting? <laughs> Yeah, but in a fun way. Okay. I have, uh, he has a live podcast that he does. He's been in our city a couple of times. I've gone to see it every time. Uh, I just enjoy it. What about you, Ken? Uh, I included the Game Informer show, Ken. Yes. Because like, there's, I don't think there's a, a lot of good video game podcasts. And like the Game Informer show routinely has like deep dives with developers. And they, like they go on monthly cover trips to like meet the, the developers making like, current games. And it's just a really good show, and they do really good stuff, and I think more people should listen to it. It's released every, also it's released every Thursday night, so I can listen to it while I'm I'm doing Impact stuff. Yeah, have a, it's a, a very considerate of them to release just as Impact airs every Thursday. Keep you company. Uh, the other was the West Wing Weekly, which is a, a week by week run through or episode by episode of the West Wing. Also very good. They always they have like tons of like because. Uh, Joshua Molina is one of the co-hosts, and he was on the West Wing, so they have they have connections, Ken. So everybody that's been on the West Wing has been on the show. So it's like it's it's like the essential companion piece to the show. 
Like, you get full deep dives. Like, Aaron Sorkin has been on, like, four or five episodes of the podcast talking about the, the, his stories and then his ousting from the show. It's all very fun. But, yeah, the, those are my, my two podcast recs along with Reply All. Yeah. Uh, quick uh, quick fire round for me. I want to go into too much detail because I mentioned before. Serial Season 3 got back on track. Uh, how did this get made? Continues to be good. And is there anything else? I listen to uh, my dad wrote a porno. Still good. Mm. There you go. Video games, Gary. I'm going to let you take the lead on this because I only have a couple myself. Uh, video games. Celeste. Game of the Year. Far and away. Razorly difficult platformer. Very, very hard. But approachably so. And you get better at the game. And you learn. And you get better and it rewards you. But also, it has the best narrative thread of any game in, in games this year. And people were like, Red Dead Redemption told an amazing story about how mean people get meaner. It's like, alright, great, anti-heroes, woo, cowboys. Whereas this is a very thoughtful uh, depiction of depression and mental illness and how there's two sides of you and those two sides fight. And okay, and in the end you have to bring them together in order to be better. And if you play this game, that's brilliant and amazing. And the game is also tremendous. And the music is tremendous. And the art is tremendous. It's Game of the Year by a landslide. Dead Cells. I talked about Dead Cells more on this show. It's, it's, it's just an addictive gameplay loop. Very, very good. Marvel's Spider-Man, which I was playing at like 7 o'clock this morning again. Which I actually got very upset because they released three DLC packs over the last three months. Oh, yeah? And I, I've seen, like, updates for Spider-Man in, uh, on the stores. Like, oh, those are surely the DLC packs. Because in my head, I was like, I'll go back to it when they're all all there. And I'll just play them through, through all of them at once. And it's like, nope, <laughs> they haven't been downloaded. So uh, they've been downloading probably today. But yeah, that game rules. You play as Spider-Man, you feel like Spider-Man. It's so much fun. WarioWare Gold, Ken. Which is... Wario and you you pull snot out of people's noses. It's 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 what they call micro games. So it's games that are three seconds long, and it's just like here's a snap task you have to do, and like usually the challenge is actually working out what the hell you have to do. So it's just like uh, pluck the things out of the pluck the hairs out of their nose, uh, catch this dra- raindrop falling from the roof. And it's all kind of weird and and it gets weirder and stranger, and it's just full weird Nintendo, which is always the best Nintendo. Uh, it's on 3DS, which means people hate it because they hate the 3DS. But the 3DS rules, and it still has good games. And then Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Ken. Good game. Yeah, I haven't got it yet. For me, uh, it may not be a 2018 game, but I played in 2018 uh, Super Mario Odyssey. It's just the most fun game in the history of games. Still in the process of finishing it. It's a very hard last level. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's hard for me. I'm a, a baby gamer. and I Wait just... until you play all the way through till the... Because there's one, like, last, last level. If you yeah. get, I think it's 500 moons, yeah. you unlock one more level, which is very hard. <laughs> yeah, so I'm uh, I'm enjoying... Well, I kind of got sidetracked because I got... You know, I kind of think we get discouraged and you go away from it for a while. But, like, I feel like sometimes you need to go away and then come back with fresh eyes and then you figure it out better. Like, mm. every time I got really stuck on Super Mario, I just kind of left it for... I kind of said, that, that was my cue to leave it for today. Because I think... When, when you come back to it with fresh eyes sometimes it just kind of works for you because you're just trying to force it but it's one of those games that because of the way it's set up you have to kind of play it that way you know because it's problem solving and it's just kind of sometimes when you're trying to solve a problem you need to kind of have that distance from it I think mm. it's a game that immerses you so it's very easy to kind of get caught up like I passed three four hours without even realizing it but it's a game that's even better when you limit yourself because it just kind of unlocks the potential of it I think it's also just a thoroughly joyful experience yes 
you know, it's like wahoo with amazing music and beautiful beautiful color color colorful worlds again not a big game guy so i'll just finish off with pokemon let's go these are things i just enjoy it's a big dose of nostalgia mm-hmm. i was undecided about the catching mechanic because it mimics pokemon go but i can see that it's quite nuanced and there's merits to it and you know it helps you build up your pokemon there's you know like you know it's not like in the early going it felt kind of easy but then it's getting as you go on it gets kind of harder so i can kind of guess why and it's different it's different like maybe it's successful maybe it's not but it's different than the way people have done pokemon before so Uh, i was was kind of the same i was like i am skeptical of this change but then i'm like yeah battling pokemon is kind of boring isn't it yeah like like, trainer battles are cool because it's like oh it's a full-on fight but it's just like weakening the Pokemon and putting it to sleep and then throwing Pokeballs. It's just it's just a process. And I'm kinda I'm kinda fine with them getting rid of it. Though there is I don't think they're gonna follow the same catching mechanics in the next Pokemon game. Yeah. But there is one thing they absolutely need, and that's Pokemon appearing on the overworld. Yeah. A hundred percent. If that's not in the next game, that's a mistake. Uh, what do you mean by that? You know, where you see Pidgey or Pidgey on the map and you run into Pidgey and you start catching a Pidgey. Okay. Rather than, you know, running in a grass and then a Pidgey happens to pop out or whatever. Well, they've gone halfway towards that, haven't they? Because in this game, you see the Pokemon in the wild and you can go towards them. But that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's, that, that you want to, them to keep that? Yeah, that okay. has that absolutely... Because I don't think the catching mechanic will stay in the, the next Pokemon. That, but that's seeing the Pokemon on the field and being like, Oh, it's a Venonat. I want a Venonat. You run up and it's a Venonat. You know, yeah. instead of running around in grass for 15 minutes trying to find a Venonat randomly. And the thing is, once they appear, they tend to stay there. Yeah, they stay there for a decent... I think it's like a good like 20, 30 seconds... Yeah, maybe even longer. They do eventually despawn, but yeah. they stay there for a while. It's a remake of Yellow, and that dose of nostalgia. But seeing it in, a, in an updated way, like I still have to get used to playing on a television. It seems kind of weird. Like, it does, doesn't it? Like you're used to that kind of really micro experience, but yeah, really enjoying. Because like, like it's not even the first time Pokemon was in HD or, or these uh, major like the 3DS screen is like 240p or something it's it's like rubbish it's terrible it's like even taking it up to, to 360p would have been like whoa this is what pokemon looks like okay i had some other categories here but since we're going quite long here i'm gonna chuck it all under miscellaneous is there anything else that people need to know about this year that they may or may not have seen that you're endorsing you included books to which i said what lol lol <laughs> Yeah. I always intend. I bought books this year. I didn't read any because yeah. I'm dope. <laughs> yeah, I always go that through that cycle. I was like, I want to read more, so I'll buy books. Mm-hmm. And then like the books come and you don't read them. <laughs> you don't read them, and then like a few months will pass. I'm like, I want to read more. I buy books. <laughs> yeah, I just have more books. I was like, and I, I, <laughs> why didn't I just read the books I bought last time? <laughs> exactly. The question always crosses my mind is like, but new books will make make me want to read more. But I have read more this year, so I'm happy with that. I, I might get into that in, in our next mini segment that we'll use to wrap up. But uh, any any uh, quick fire stuff, Gar? People that that you want people to know about? Peanut Butter Gamers Hardcore series on YouTube, Ken. Yes. Where, where they basically play Minecraft with with a specific goal in mind, but with the caveat, Ken, that if they die in Minecraft, they're dead for good. Not dead in real life. That would add stakes. Yeah. Which they should do that in the upcoming season. But it, it's a, it's a, it's always a really fun series. They're into like series seven of Minecraft at the moment. This has been running for years and years. I thought I'd give it a shout out because it's good and I enjoy it. Also, uh, another YouTuber and the the people that talk about uh, are white guys with brown hair that talk about video games category, which I think is a good forty five percent of all of YouTube. Scott the Waz. Uh, I binged like all of his videos like two weeks ago. So yeah, those those are two like miscellaneous. Yeah, because like YouTube YouTube content gets a bad rap. 
Yeah, it does. It's like, it's never considered on par. And fair enough, in some cases for good reason, because like, in terms of production value and, and, and thought behind it, it's certainly no, you know, The Haunting at Hill House, which is a, a both scripting and production and acting uh, a, a, a triumph. But yeah, YouTube shows. YouTube shows are good. Give them credit. Yeah. One last thing for me, it's not exactly pop culture, I suppose, but it is permeating the pop culture now, is uh, an app I, I use a lot called Headspace. And it's for meditation. Um, mm. It's created by Andy Puddicombe, amongst others, but he's become quite famous. Have you opened your third eye, Ken? I don't know. Can you see it? You and Matt Adele. He was a former monk, and there's a couple of those guys floating around. There kind he of, was a former monk? Yeah. Okay. There's a couple of those guys floating around, and they're kind of self-help people. Yeah. But he kind of created the app to bring... Why former monk? Why is he not still a monk? Because, I don't know, he wants to bring meditation to the masses. That's his thing. And sell it to the masses. Yeah, so it is a subscription. Uh, some, It's like a freemium app, so you can get some stuff for free and then you pay for the rest. But, like, and I have got... It's one of those things sometimes I get out of the habit of, but I am kind of an advocate for meditation. Not in kind of a spiritual sense, but... In a just chill your mind and relax kind yeah, of sense and kind of sit with your thoughts it's not about getting rid of them or ignoring them it's to sit with them and kind of almost inspect them with a curiosity because then like some of your problems when you open your eyes don't seem that big or the solutions come much easier mm. and like it's 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 kind of one of those things that we're in a world where we're kind of bombarded with information or you know tasks or kind of it's a, it's a big sensory overload so that kind of 10 minutes a day where you just kind of unplug yourself is and almost kind of like reboot yourself i think that's really positive for anyone mm. okay yeah again really long podcast but we've got been gone for a few weeks for christmas so we want to go a bit longer to give, go hard yo go hard give people a good a good long podcast so moving on to our, our final segment kind of a, a personal reflection for 2018 car in terms of highlights what, what are the kind of memories events and achievements that you were you were proud of this year for me, this year, this was a pr- probably the most interesting professional year of my career. Maybe probably it will be the most interesting professional year of my life. Yeah. Uh, and then on a personal level, it's kind of a blue year. Yeah. Like, I've gotten super fat this year. <laughs> You're not fat, I'm far pudgier than I was at the start of the year. And part of that, like, I work from home. There's days where I just don't move. And yeah. there's days where I don't leave the house. And it's just sitting there and eating. And then you just get fat. And yeah, that's 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 a thing. And like, that's one of the challenges. We have challenges here on the list as well. Yeah, and we're like, look at this. Uh, I was looking at the pop culture. Like, I haven't watched nearly as much TV as I usually watch. I've I've been decent at films, but that's mostly because I like popcorn. <laughs> it's an excuse for me to leave the house for three hours. But like podcasts, I haven't listened to too many new podcasts. I haven't read a book this. Year. I haven't read a single solitary book in the year two thousand eighteen. Yeah. What kind of horrible human being am I? Like that kind of stuff. And then creative stuff that hasn't. But like. I worked an impact rest. I worked at an impact pay per view this year, which is like whoa, yeah. like whoa, <laughs> and that that blew my mind. But yeah, so that that's kind of my year. I've, I've summed up all of our categories in one like minute and a half spiel. <laughs> but, yeah. but so yeah, some some regrets. So so like, well, it was a good thing to happen. But what you're saying is. I, I, I'm irresponsible with my own health is what I'm there, saying there were some kind of byproducts that weren't as positive as a result that you need to kind of work out in the next it's, it's not really as re- it's just because I'm stupid like yeah. I haven't slept 
Like, like I'm doing yeah. this podcast without having slept because you're doing very well. I must say. I know. I'm a pro, Ken. I can do anything without sleep. But I, I got like 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 twenty minutes sleep there before you came in the door. That's yeah. all I've slept in the last like two last day. And like part part of that is like like uh, the, the 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 work schedule inherently screws up my sleep schedule. But part of that is just like well, uh, me and my mom and dad went for lunch at one o'clock. And in order for me to get up and be coherent for that, I should just stay up all night. Yeah. I, I, at, at like four, I was like, I'll try and doze for a while. And then five, is just like, nope, I'm going to just play Spider-Man. <laughs> Who cares? Yeah. Well, for me, like, it was kind of a weird year. Because, like, 2017 was one of the highs I had. I, I lived in the Philippines and I worked there for a while. And I thought that was, like, a big thing. Like, it's an in- I work in an industry that I don't necessarily want to work forever. But, like, that leap seemed like it was kind of a big deal. Mm. And then this year, I was spent, like, struggling with the fact that it kind of came down after that like like I kind of wasn't able to replicate that kind of high of doing something that kind of big and bold you know so I had a, I struggled for a couple of months uh, which is why I took a sabbatical from work uh, to be honest but like when I'm pr- happy I'm like th- there's a lot of stuff that got on top of me that like I kind of let happen because I felt like that was and that's all the, like this is this is entirely within your control this is entirely within my control Every, like all of these decisions I make are decisions but that I make and it's just like oh, I'm just going to order pizza at 1.30 exactly. in the morning because I'm stupid but you make but you make this kind of judgement about yourself that this is the way you are this is the way it is but I think uh, one of the things I'm proud of I kind of well I'm more kind of empathetic towards myself in general like that I try not to give myself too much of a hard time about the stuff that I haven't done and focus on the stuff that I have done like this year like my my health and like my my weight was one thing that bothers me as well and mm. I got a kind of good habit of exercising and you know I, I like exercise and I want to exercise now that's positive uh I bought the podcast returned you know that was gone for the bones of a year yeah this podcast and know, it's been relatively consistent yeah uh that was one highlight for me because I'm missing that creative aspect you know in terms of and I like I think that just mentally I'm in a better place. And I I I I don't, I don't think I'm perfect. I think, but like, that's okay. You need to accept that you're not going to be perfect all it the time. The, the the very important lessons we learned at the end of the Disney Pixar film Inside Out. Yeah. Sometimes it's okay to be sad. Yeah, and so, and it's important to to know that this is not your forever state. And there is, as you said, there is a choice to be made, mm. and you can control these things to a certain extent. So like, and like. You, but you have to kind of and to a greater extent than you're willing to admit to yourself usually as well <laughs> exactly I think that's kind of but that's kind of the defense mechanism your mind uses like that trying is hard so don't just try just get the pizza just eat the pizza yeah and I'm very much an emotional eater so um, I made some strides I, I've made some step forward and some steps back so this year in terms of like I didn't quite get do everything I wanted to do like I wanted to write more uh, I wanted to read more. I have read a bit more. I, uh, so you're not on the z- the, the big zero, are you? No, I'm not on the zero. I've read a couple of books this year, which is still bad. But I it's but, better than nothing. But you know, again, choosing to be empathetic towards myself and choosing to look at the positive. I have read. It is more than zero. So you, know, you win. I have intentions to be creative, and one thing I kind of regret this year was that again the podcast came back and I think we should you know you need to yeah you one day you were like oh because you're thinking about applying for like a radio job or something it's like oh I don't it's like we're launching the podcast next week I bought these microphones let's go yeah so Gar very much helped me get out of my funk but I think that there's still a little mental block between creative because you get too kind of caught up in like will people like it or you know are you talented enough so I want to next year I want to kind of focus on you know just doing stuff for the sake of you know 
for my own well-being or my own happiness my own mental health and enjoying the process and then if people like it or something comes of it then so be it but just do it for yourself first yeah, the, the value I get from this podcast is ranting for an hour every yeah. week <laughs> so the podcast is back and that's that kind of constant outlet so I want to I, I maybe want to write more maybe do some other podcasting stuff on my own like you do much with podcast a week and just just uh, again carry on my health journey and uh, that's both physical and mental you know and just look after myself and like, I think if you're going to have yourself right in body and mind then everything else follows like, yeah. and it really, it really does you know when you eat that pizza and you feel real bad about yourself yeah it just spirals yeah. where, where you don't eat that pizza and then it's like yeah I did eat the pizza go me yeah I took a walk or I, I did yoga or I, I swim sometimes I just I I really um appreciate like well it's partly because the support of the family and, and my girlfriend that I was able to take two months off to really kind of just kind of stop what I was doing take a bit of reflection of myself and go actually this is not who I want to be and this is not what I want but I need to work at making it different and doing it myself so that's been the positive for the year but so I want that to continue I want to be less afraid of you know going after what I want and do, doing things because I won't care about you know how successful they'll be or people like them so that's kind of overall I, I didn't kind of that's kind of went through the, the topics there there's an easy way to scare you into it as well Ken yeah you're 30 next year I am 30 next year and we've had a, a death in the family recently that usually kind of get a big ping in your mind that goes like this is not forever bing, 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 bing. Yeah. you're gonna die you're gonna die go do something because you're gonna die yeah just to wrap up Gar because uh, we're uh, heading into 2019 Gar what are your kind of wishes and kind of predictions in general for the world next year, given what we've experienced this year? Greater, just, just, just cool your jets. Yeah. That's what I want for the world. Just, just think twice before you say things. Just to go, be compassionate towards people. Speaking without a filter is not speaking sense. Speaking without a filter, speaking with, speaking your mind or speaking without nuance is not speaking truth. But all of that aside, just, just can we have a, a few weeks every couple of while? Just where nothing happens. Yeah. Like, just where nothing happens. Where nobody says anything horrible. There's nothing horrible that happens. There's no natural disasters. No terrorist attacks. There's no building walls or shutting down governments. It's just a couple of weeks where nothing happens. I'd like that. Yeah. That's what I want from the world next year, Ken. Just, just a bit more peace in it. And just once a status quo. Just like once every two or three months. Just give us a, just give us a fortnight. Which made $3 billion last year, by the way. Did you see that? Yeah. Epic Games made $3 billion off of Fortnite, which is insane. We didn't mention Fortnite in the big stories of the year. Fortnite is huge. It's insane. Yeah, but... And just... there's games like it, but it just seemed to hit strike a chord with people. It was free. That's yeah, why. Basically. <laughs> that, was, that was the difference. It was the first Battle Royale, Battle Royale game that was free. But, yeah, just give us two weeks every, every once in a while where nothing happens. And everything yeah. is fine. I'm kind of hoping people snap out of this whole negativity cycle or bubble mm. where like you know it's it's almost like popular to be negative these days but you know the, the online space kind of enables people to be people who they aren't and, and I, I, I don't know it's like just a bit more compassionate towards themselves because I think that's where it comes from compassionate towards other people just like think about you know the fact that the world there's always someone else on the other end there's always, there's always someone else on the other end but the world is like counting on people you know doing the right thing <laughs> and they don't always see the benefit in you know thinking of the 
the whole rather than the individual. I think that's the biggest problem. I think I, I, I'd like to see the world and, you know, my own community in general become more of a, for want of a better word, a community. Because I think that this whole individuality thing has kind of fed people. And like we talked about the rise of the right earlier, kind of, you know, thinking about themselves, thinking about their own insecurities, their own biases and wanting to kind of cement their own position in the world as they feel threatened by someone else exactly so i think that's what kind of gains a foothold for these kind of people in that way of thinking so in the immortal words of high school musical ken we're all in this together exactly i want people to i I like people to kind of question more as well because we're in a a world where like a lot of the stuff you see don't say the words it's it's not i'm not going to say the words but a lot of stuff you see it may or may not be true these days you know it is designed to evoke a reaction, I would have said. More exactly. Than that. More, more than the two words people throw out. Or spark a debate, or get people angry, or comments and clicks and all this stuff. So I think that the best thing anyone can do for themselves these days, and I think it will feed into all the other stuff we talked about, is just think twice when you see something and, and question it. Mm. That's important. Um, like there was a, 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 a an Irish independent headline about Leo Varadkar. It's like, Leo Varadkar wants to take tax money away from being centrally distributed so that rich people benefit. It's like, that's not what he said. Mm. It's like, he, he wants to change the tax system so that, that local property taxes will go to local authorities. And like, a byproduct of that is rich areas will keep their money and poor areas won't get it. And he proposed an equalization, attack, uh, an equalization fund in order to counteract that, which is reasonable. But that's not the headline they ran with. They ran with, he wants to give money back to the rich, which is not what he said. And the, if you read the headline, that's what you think he said. So, like, it's... And, like, Leo's a fool. He's more yeah. concerned with optics than he is with governing. But yeah. but don't... Just... If you see something... One, trying to get mad at it because it's probably designed to make you mad. And you're feeding the beast if you get mad at it. And, like, read things and think... That's the thing, like, like we, and I'm, I'm as guilty as, as this as anybody else. We just see the headline on Twitter. It's like, oh, rah, 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 and you don't actually read anything, or you don't actually think about it. You just, you just have the visceral emotional reaction and move on. Yeah. Try not to do that. It's bad for all of us. Yeah. And as I said, it, we're all super guilty of it. But yeah. Well, if you're aware and cognizant of it and try to counteract it, hopefully everyone will be better off. <laughs> yeah. So again, I want to write more. I want to read more. I want to, from a personal point of view, I want to carry on that kind of personal uh, growth and personal shrinking as well in terms of my waistline. Mm. See that really nice uh, wordplay there. Um, You're a true podcasting pro, Ken. You know, in terms of career, I'd like to kind of move in it, because that's one thing about my career is like, you've kind of got into your dream career. For me, I don't actually know what that is. So I need to, I want to start thinking about that and moving towards, and taking action to move towards it and, you know, just in general just kind of take control continue to continue to try to take control of my own life and not passively accept that things are the way they are and that i can't change and be the angel of change in my own universe as such mm-hmm. and then i can help others change too that's what it's all about we, we hope are. all of our fine listeners by the way have a wonderful 2019s we hope that it is not garbage like this year <laughs> we hope that it is fruitful and uh wonderful and positive and we hope, well, who knows, 2018 might have been wonderful for these people. We don't know. If it was, we're glad for you. If it wasn't, then next year is coming. <laughs> what are your New Year's resolutions? You can share your hopes, dreams, and aspirations for yourself and the world in general on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TWSKK. Or if you prefer to be concise and to the point, 
you can have your say by dropping us a tweet. Where can they find us on Twitter, Gar? Vomit. Oh, at TWSKK. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> other things on the mind. We'd also love to hear your predictions up for this big spinning globe of ours in 2019, so don't be shy. I thought it was flat. No, Gar, it's not. Oh, okay. You're just flat. <laughs> My brain is flat. <laughs> it sure is, buddy. It sure is. All right, loyal listeners, you did it. You survived 2018. Give yourself a well-earned pat on the back, but don't rest too long because 2019 is—it's it's coming for you. It's Be coming for you. Beware, coming for you. It's the remix 2019. That's a deep pull, guy. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, as always, for taking the time to click play or download on our humble podcast. You can usually find a new episode every single weekend at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. Head over there to find new episodes of The Weekend Show and our other podcast simply called Podcast A Week, starring Garen Friends. The title is a lie. (laughs) Yeah, podcast every so often you should change it to at this point. Podcast occasionally. There's also plenty of audio artifacts for your listening pleasure in our back catalogue. Make sure to subscribe on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts so you never miss a moment of podcasting fun on the TWS Network. TWS Network. What's with you and TWS lately? I don't know. I just got a mental block towards it, but I overcame it, Gareth, so I should be congratulated. That should be your 2019 TWS resolution. Yeah. Just to say the words. Just the be letters. able to say the script once without having to repeat myself over and over again. Not even that. Just get the name of a podcast network right. <laughs> you're mean love you i'm working on myself speaking of apple podcasts don't hesitate to leave us an old review to help new listeners find the show that is if you want to be cool if you don't want to be cool carry on not being cool and do nothing that's fine we spit in the face of people who don't want to be cool Ken. exactly if you decide to be cool and leave us a review we will send you some cool ice cubes completely free of charge just send a stamped addressed envelope to the weekend show studio ireland that is my bedroom right now. <laughs> Next week, we review New Japan Pro Wrestling's annual January 4th Tokyo Dome extravaganza. That's a mouthful. Wrestle Kingdom 13. It's sure to be a top-class show, so there will certainly be a lot of talking points, so join us for that. This podcast was sponsored by 2018. That's 2018. Fucking shit up since 2018. Our theme music is by the somewhat aptly named Blue Wild Productions. And until next time, say goodbye, girl. Bye-bye. Take it easy, 2018. And take it easy, everybody. Bye.